This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. Craig, the markets seem to have lost a bit of momentum. Yeah, they do. This week's been a bit choppy. We got off to a decent start. We saw a pullback yesterday and we seem to have flatlined a little bit today. I think there's probably a few things that have played into that. The first is that the week started with a US bank holiday and that always has an impact on the markets. We had the month end flows as well. That can have an impact on the markets as well. We've seen a bit of a, a, maybe a slight negative turn from Monday and that could be attributed to some of that stuff creating this kind of choppiness in the markets. But it could also be the European inflation data, which was higher than expected and which uh, maybe took some of the wind out the sails in these markets, turning the focus back to interest rate hikes, turning focus back to the prospect of recessions, this type of thing. So maybe that took a bit of the wind out the sails, but we've got a lot more bank holidays still to come this week in different parts of Europe, obviously here in the UK, bank holiday tomorrow and Friday, a major financial centre, and I think in parts of Asia as well. So it was always shaping up to be one of those strange weeks, and that's really how we're seeing this play out. You mentioned that inflation data, Craig, from the euro area. Were markets not expecting that? They were expecting inflation to be higher, but I don't think they were expecting inflation to be as high as it was. It beat in a number of countries. We saw it at the start of the week in Germany and in Spain, and we saw that then filter through to uh, the broader region with the euro area inflation data on Tuesday rising to 8.1%. The expectation was for it to rise to 7.8% from 7.5%. The core reading rose to 3.8% instead of 3.6% up to 3.5%. So it was faster than expected, but I wouldn't say it was entirely unexpected either. We look at the blog post from President Christine Lagarde a couple of weeks ago and this sudden urgency and clarity and specificity around the need for interest rate hikes at the July meeting and another one to take the central bank out of negative territory probably in September. This was a clue that there was data that the central bank was starting to become concerned about. So I think while we could see the market forecast for this inflation data today, there always seemed to be a big upside risk. And once the German and the Spanish data came out on Monday, it became quite clear that that prospect of an upside risk had increased considerably. And we saw that delivered on Tuesday. And it just seemed to take some of the wind out the sails of the equity markets, as I said, because a lot of the focus recently has been on interest rate hikes and the pace of tightening and then focus switched again to the squeeze on households because of the cost of living crisis. And that was having negative implications for the equity markets as well. And then the S&P 500 hit bear market territory and it seemed that that alerted people to just how much of a discount these markets were now trading at. And then we had a week or so where they started to recover, where we started to see those dip buyers come back in. We started to see those lows being tested. And maybe the inflation data from Europe this week at a time when we were already expecting markets to behave maybe in a bit of an unorthodox way and maybe just came as a reminder that the interest rate and inflation problems are still existing and we're not seeing positive signs on that front so maybe that's just slowed the recovery that we were seeing they cast some doubts in people's minds about whether this is a bit premature 
and whether there's still the worst to come. So it was interesting, the inflation data we got from Europe this week. It made the comments from Lagarde and her colleagues make a lot more sense from a couple of weeks ago, and it really has um, made things a lot more interesting going into the next ECB meeting because while they laid the groundwork effectively for two rate hikes by the end of the third quarter, taking us out to negative territory, suggesting that there are some that would want more, I think the markets are now moving to a point when they're expecting much more by the end of this year than the ECB is currently prepared for. And the commentary at the next meeting is going to be critical towards that. Meanwhile, Craig, oil is up today after some falls yesterday. Of course, on Monday, we had that EU oil embargo announcement about um, exports by sea that will be discontinued. That accounted for about two thirds of oil exports from Russia to the EU. But today, the numbers are up again. Why is that? Yeah, it's been an interesting move today because the stories we've had over the last couple of days with regards to oil have been really interesting. As you say, on Monday we had the EU leaders announce that they are banning imports of Russian oil. But again, the terms of it are still to be completely drawn out. In many ways, it's a little bit underwhelming when you think of shipping crude is going to be phased out by the end of the year and that accounts for two-thirds of, of imports. you think that's a big deal, but the phasing out just provides time for Russia to effectively divert these flows. The pipeline crude would have been much more difficult for Russia to replace on, on that sense in terms of alternative customers. So the fact that that's effectively been delayed somewhat uh, I think is uh, still a little bit disappointing, but it was necessary in order to get Hungary on board. The Bullish case from that, though, with regards to that pipeline is that countries are still going to look to phase out theirs to zero. This just isn't an EU-wide agreement at this point because they wanted to get all members on board as part of this unified position against Russia and as part of this larger package of new sanctions. So that was an interesting point that it was... It's something that's been supportive for the oil price really for a number of weeks now because this has been something that the EU has been building towards, has been slowly priced into the markets. Then we had the surprising news uh, yesterday that we could be seeing uh, Russia exempt effectively from the OPEC plus agreement. It's still not entirely clear effectively what this would ultimately mean. I think the first thing it would mean is that we will get more crude actually on the market. One of the things that's become synonymous with the OPEC plus deal is that while we have been seeing 400 and then 432,000 barrels added to production each month, what they've effectively been doing is falling increasingly short of their targets by a wider margin. So that's been really disappointing and been another bullish factor for the markets because it's contributed to the tightness in the market. It's not yet clear exactly what exempting Russia from the actual deal or the alliance would ultimately mean and how much crude, therefore, other members are going to pick up the bill for and whether we're going to see Saudi Arabia and the UAE, which the US, the IEA and others have been pushing for, actually just produce extra on a monthly basis from now going forward or whether there's going to be a kind of backdated element towards this. It's not quite clear at this point in time. These are reports they've only filtered out over the last 24 hours, and it's going to be really interesting at the meeting tomorrow exactly how that will work, assuming that these reports are accurate. And then the other important point becomes, 
Who's agreed it? And does this mean that we're seeing kind of a breakdown now in the OPEC plus alliance? Is this a political move? Is this a sign of countries becoming dissatisfied and frustrated with the agreement and how legitimate it is and how well it's functioning for the oil market because of Russia's decision to invade Ukraine? Is Russia ultimately on board? Have they agreed that increasing production every month uh, when you're seeing sanctions and when you're seeing an embargo imposed by its largest customer is just impossible to do and therefore it's intentionally um, taken a step, a step aside and allowed the rest of the group to kind of fill the shortfall. It's going to be interesting to see what the details of this ultimately are because this could be a significant move in the oil market. We saw a big response in the price yesterday. As I say, it's surprising that we've seen the price pair back so, so much of those losses already today. But again, I think we're going to be continuing to see a steady stream of headlines in relation to this going into tomorrow's meeting because the details of this, assuming it turns out to be accurate, is going to be really critical to determining just how tight the oil market is going to become. Craig, we're on the verge of a two-day public holiday here in the UK. Pretty unusual to have a Thursday and Friday off, and uh, well, I'm sure we're all welcoming that. But there are plenty of things going on around the world. Uh, the rest of the week, even though there are some public holidays as well, as you alluded to earlier, what are we looking forward to the rest of the week, though? Yes, I still think it's going to be a strange end to the week, as I alluded to earlier, just like we've seen uh, early on in this week. There is a couple of things which is especially US-centric that's going to be a key focus. And I mean, we can't look past the jobs report on Friday. I think that's the standout one. That's where... I think there's going to be a lot of focus now because there's been such a heavy focus on US inflation. The things like the wages uh, there is going to be really important. But obviously the headline data is going to be important as well. Any signs that we are starting to see slowing growth there, I think is going to be a key focal point. But there's a lot more US data as well. We've got things like the ISM and final services PMIs on Friday as well. We've got things like the ADP, uh, etc. Tomorrow, the productivity, labor costs, factory orders, Lots of US data. We've got Fed speak as well, which I think is going to be really interesting. Also, the OPEC Plus meeting tomorrow, which I've just been speaking about, I think is going to be a massive headline event as far as the commodity markets are concerned um, as well. And then we've got things like uh, services and PMIs from Europe on Friday, retail sales as well. So there's still a lot of economic data to come this week. But because of these public holidays, it is just going to be interesting to see how the markets do respond to all of these different data points. And of course, that big OPEC meeting tomorrow. Okay, Craig, enjoy the long weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.